Thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Bossier City Sermon Podcast. For more information, including our live webcast schedules, please visit www.pobc.cc. Jesus is in the house. And as Brother Stone King said, if Jesus is here, anything can happen. I was a year for years at the Tabernacle in in Texas in Lufkin. They had a big sign, and I preached this. I looked and looked and looked for my notes. I said, "Man, if I can find the notes to this sermon, I won't even have to study. I'll just pray and say, God, anoint it again, because nobody will remember it." And I couldn't find the notes. But I have a whole lot to talk about when I talk about Jesus. But in that tabernacle, they had a big sign. It was hanging way up. It's a big building, and it was a neon sign. It just said simply, Jesus. I never got that out of my mind. I I still remember that sign. It's not there anymore, I don't think. But I wondered what they did with it. I don't know what they did with that sign. I started to maybe put something out and say, who's got that sign? Where is that sign? Simply, Jesus. In Acts 4 and 13 in the New King James Version it says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So I, I prayed this morning and I'm like nothing would be more important when I preach today, then for you to know I've been with Jesus. I mean, these were the people who had Jesus crucified, right? And yet, they must have known he was alive because when they saw Peter and John and they saw their boldness, what kind of boldness? Well, this is the boldness they said, don't teach or preach anymore in Jerusalem about the name of Jesus, you filled all of Jerusalem with this doctrine. And stop it. If you don't, we're going to punish you. And they just got up and said, hey, we're going to obey God or man. We cannot help but preach and teach the things which we've seen and heard. When they saw their boldness, they, they They knew they were untrained, they were uneducated. Can I get a witness from anybody here today? I got a few that's willing to admit they're untrained and uneducated. When they saw their boldness, they took notice of them. They said, these guys have been with the one we crucified. He's alive. He really is alive. God births every miracle from a picture. God pointed out the stars to Abraham to stir his faith for children. The woman who had suffered 12 long years with an issue of blood, she got a picture in her mind. And she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. I would love this morning to paint a picture of Jesus because I believe that picture would be the key to your miracle. 
When God created the world, he used words. He spoke because words are creative forces that bring into existence that which never existed before. And I would say this morning that my tongue and your tongue is one of the greatest gifts that God placed at our command. And I want to use it wisely this morning. I want to talk to you about Jesus. For years we sang a song that said, He's all I need. He's all I need. Simply Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to need some amens today. Not necessarily right now, but if I, well, it would be good right now, but if, if, if I say something you agree with, you have several options. You can sit, sleep, snore. I'm wasting time now. Or you can say, Amen. Or you can shout, Hallelujah. Hey, this is a Pentecostal church. You can jump over a pew if you like. My preference would be that you agree and get excited because somebody here might need to know if he did it for them, he can do it for me. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Last summer, I went to the state of West Virginia to preach a men's conference, and I had only been in that state one time that I remembered, but West Virginia is an absolutely beautiful state if you've ever been there. You know what I'm saying. And while I was there talking to some of the men, they told me that in this beautiful state, I verified this yesterday to make sure I wasn't stretching something that West Virginia has the highest rate of drug overdoses with opioids than any state in the union. And it's not a big state. It's not a populated state. And I sit here and I thought as they told me that in this beautiful place, they had one year in 2017, 832 people died from Opioid overdoses. Opioids. God was when he walked the earth and today he's looking for hungry people. And I know you know this. People are killing themselves trying to live. In the greatest nation in the world, people are pursuing peace in pills and in pleasure. Amen. Drinking to satisfy their desires, which were only short-lived. I would suggest to you this morning, I don't know this, but if it were not for legalized gambling and booze, sports on TV probably wouldn't survive, at least not like they do. 
and players would not make millions because they pretty much drive the advertising industry there. Somebody say simply Jesus. Those of you who are my age are, might I say, at least close in age to me, we've all had a front row seat to the decline of morality and Christianity in the United States. Yes, we have. We know more today than we used to know because of the Internet, and I'm sure that a lot of things went on. Somebody said, this is the worst time in the history of our nation. I think you forgot about the Civil War. But we've sat a front row seat and we've watched this taking place. But we know the answer is still the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every hospital is full. Recently, we've had more than one member of this church who went to the emergency room and spent all night in the emergency room because there was not an empty bed in the hospital where they could put them. Politicians are pushing to get power. They have passed while we sat on the sideline unimaginable laws that has created a government so intrusive and so big And only God knows what it would take to take us back to what our founding fathers desired. This is not a political message. I want to remind you that Jesus came into a world just as messed up, if not more. Rome had ruled Palestine for over 500 years. Caesar was not just considered a god, but you were demanded and required to worship Caesar as God. And he ruled with an iron fist. Herod, who ruled Palestine by the permission of Rome, was so powerful that he could order the death of every child two years old and younger. Ironically, Jeremiah, hundreds of years earlier, had prophesied of these deaths. And you know, many thought Jesus would lead an insurrection against Rome. They thought he was going to be the man, the the ruler that was going to lead them to overthrow the power of the Romans. They were going to be free again. He didn't enter into the political scene. He said, rather, pay your taxes. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Jesus didn't get involved in that because that's not what he came to do. Jesus Christ came into this world, Paul said, to save sinners. Woo, hallelujah. He was God. This is not my words. This is right out of the Bible. He was God manifested in the flesh. He was not a part of God. He was not a third of God. He was God manifested in the flesh. The Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus in the New Testament. How do you know that? Because Jesus said, if you've seen the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father 
for I and my Father are one. They sent, the priest sent some men to arrest Jesus. They came back empty-handed and they said, why didn't you get him? And one of them said, man, have you ever heard, I'm paraphrasing now, have you ever heard this guy teach? This is what they literally said according to the gospel. Never a man spake like this man. Why didn't you arrest him? Because his words were so powerful. John said in the closing verses of his gospel, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. That's the way he closed his gospel. Peter told the household of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 that Jesus was a man anointed of God who went about doing good and healing all, somebody say all, who were oppressed of the devil. Preaching about Jesus this morning. Simply Jesus. He's enough. He's enough. And he's here. He showed up today because he said, wherever you praise me, I'll be there. Build me a throne. Praise God. I remembered as I was preparing this message one day, many years ago, 46 plus years ago, woo, I walked into a church in Abilene, Texas. I was going to a youth convention. And coming down the aisle, walking in my direction, was... Regina Leverton. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with a girl. I had a little flashback there. <laughs> Sing a little country music here, and I'll get some of you excited. I was smitten. I thought she was beautiful, but she was way out of my league. Mm-hmm. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I'm going slow because you're slower than I am today. <laughs> you're full of turkey and dressing or something. But a couple of months later, I preached her daddy a revival in Texaco, and her mother told me, Gina was hoping you'd ask her out at the camp meeting. What? (laughs) Yeah, you took out that old whatever her name was, and I knew I had a chance. I'm going to preach to you about Jesus today. A song said, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. Woo! Hey, Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree because he was a little short fella. Just to get a look at him, he said, I want to see Jesus. They said, sir, we would see Jesus, I wish. I could paint a picture of him to you this morning to make you want to look at him. 
to make you want to see him. Hallelujah. And when you see him, you'd be thinking like I was thinking that day in Abilene, way above my head. But I got some wonderful news for you this morning. He came looking for you. He came looking for you. Woo! Hallelujah. The psalmist said, What is man that thou art mindful of him? That thou wouldest visit him. Are you glad Jesus came to this earth this morning? Are you glad? Are you glad Jesus came to the earth looking for us? Oh, let's give the Lord some praise right now. Can we do that? Woo! Hallelujah! Pilate's wife sent him a message in Matthew 27 and 19. When Jesus was on trial, and she said, have nothing to do with that just man. She was too late. Once you meet Jesus, it's impossible to have nothing to do with him. You got to receive him or you got to reject him. Jesus. Oh, I wish I could paint a picture of him today that you could get a word picture in your mind. We have people in the church that are battling cancer this morning. We have people that need a touch this morning. I was in the spirit praying this morning and I felt very impressed that someone would walk in here today with a spirit of depression. I want to remind you that Jesus healed all that were oppressed of the devil. He's able. Wouldn't you, if you could have spent one day with Jesus, what day would it have been? If you'd have had an invitation just to spend one day, just one 24-hour day with Jesus, what day would you pick? I know what day I would pick. You read about it in Luke 8. I think this is the day I'd pick because that was one good day to have spent with Jesus. That's the day he took five loaves and two fishes and he fed 5,000 men with their families. If everybody's family was like mine, that means they had three kids. If everybody's family was like the Brunsons, that means they had how many? Nine. He fed a lot of people. Just breaking that bread. I'd have loved to have seen that. You know what God was telling us all that day? Jesus was saying, I can supply all of your needs. According to my riches and glory, I would have loved to have been there that day. I was meditating on this message and I'm thinking, the fish, were they already cooked? Maybe they ate raw fish. I don't know. Eskimos do. Maybe he gave them sushi. (laughs) 
You can take all that sushi back to Japan. Amen. Give me some chicken fried steak and white gravy and mashed potatoes. What I do know is Jesus was sending out a message. I'm feeling wild this morning. Jesus was sending out a message. I got what you need. I can take a handful of stuff in your life and I can turn it into whatever you need. I can supply all of your needs. He's enough. Somebody shout, he's enough. Woo, hallelujah. He's enough. And that was the day he got on a ship and they were crossing the sea and a storm blew up. And they despaired for their lives. I think the words in the Bible about the boat was it was beginning to sink. (laughs) Woo, on that Sea of Galilee, but my Jesus. He got up and he rebuked the wind. That's the same word rebuke that's used in the original Greek to cast out devils. So I got a feeling that storm was brought on by the devil. And Jesus rebuked the wind. And the disciples were like, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. I would have loved to have been there on that day. I got to see him provide a buffet in the wilderness. And now I get to see him speak to the storm. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm enough. Has anybody got a storm going on in your life right now? Any waves blowing over your boat right now? Are there some strong winds coming against you right now? Let me tell you who's got the answer. Jesus can speak one word. Yes. Jesus can just get up and say, peace, be still. He can rebuke the storm. He can rebuke the storm in your life. And on that day, this is the one day I'd love to have spent a day with him. They came and got him and said, would you come over to the house of Jairus? His little daughter is sick. And Jesus said, sure, I'll go. When he got to the house, she had already died. You remember that story. Before he even got there, the servants came and said, don't trouble the master anymore. She's already dead. Oh, I feel like preaching to somebody tonight that's in that place. They sing that song at our generation service. Hello? They sing that song at our generation service that said, he'll, he'll do whatever. Is that the song they sing? I can't remember the song. Forget I said that. I'll think of it in a minute. Got something dead. You know what, Jesus, they got, he got to the house and they were already, in, in Bible days, it's hard to believe, we can't fathom this. They, they actually paid people to come and mourn. And the mourners were already on the front porch and Jesus said, you know, you can quit your crying, the child's not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed, they fell out, they went from crying. Can you imagine to get paid to be a mourner? They went from mourning to laughing and Jesus kicked them all out of the house Simply Jesus. 
He took Peter, James, and John, Mama, and Daddy, and he walked into that little girl's room who was 12 years old. She was laying there dead, and Jesus just said, little maid, arise, and she sat up, and Jesus said, give her something to eat. Can I preach to you about Jesus? It's never too late. Woo! John saw him on the Isle of Patmos, and he said he had the keys to death and hell in his hand. He has the keys to death and hell in his hand. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you think may have died in your life. Hallelujah. But he is able simply Jesus. Think I'm gonna do like President Trump for a little while. But I'm not doing it for you, I'm doing it for him. Amen. I can still read my notes. I don't know if you can see me. Those of you on the internet, hold on. We're going somewhere. I don't know where, but we're going somewhere. Lord, would you say it again? Let there be light. At least I can see you now. Amen. That's not all he's going to do on that day because he went, to the, he went to the island of the Gadarenes and he found a man that day who was possessed by a legion of devils. Amen. They, they put him in chains, but he broke the chains asunder. He lived with the dead people in the cemetery. He cut himself. He was suicidal. He was a wild man possessed of a legion of devils, which was a term used in the Roman army when it spoke about a legion. Some say a thousand, some say six thousand. A thousand devils would probably be a pretty good victory, wouldn't it? I've had a few days in my life when I felt like a thousand devils were chasing me. Mm. Nobody's ever been there, huh? A thousand devils and all Jesus had to do was just pull that little boat up on the shore and that man whom no man could tame was on his feet. He was running to Jesus and the Bible said he fell down and worshiped him. Hallelujah. What's keeping you from worshiping God today? Huh? A thousand devils couldn't keep him from running to Jesus. I think I'll say that again. What kept you from clapping your hands? What keeps you from lifting your hands? What keeps you from shouting unto God? You gotta do something with this Jesus. It's impossible to have nothing to do with Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. So on that one day, he fed the multitude, he calmed the storm, he raised the girl from the dead, and thank God, he chased the devils out of a man and sent them into a pig, and all he had to do was say, go! You think he couldn't speak a word to you today and bring you victory over whatever's got you bound? 
Do you know Jesus? Simply Jesus is enough. All he has to do is speak the word. I can hear some chains snapping when Jesus speaks the word. He told the woman at the well, he said, if you'd have asked me for a drink, do you believe this? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? He told the woman at the well, if you would have asked me for a drink, I would have given you water to drink and you would have never thirsted again. Jesus is enough. People are chasing after everything, trying to find satisfaction and pleasure and happiness and peace in this world. Let me tell you, he's still doing miracles today. Mm. I got a I got a group of songs on my iTunes playlist by a bluegrass singer named Marty Rayburn. He's he's good. I don't know Marty, but he has a song on there that said he's still doing miracles today. While I was getting ready this morning, knowing what I was going to preach to you, somber-faced people. I pulled it up on my playlist and I listened to him sing, he's still doing miracles today. He said some people don't believe it and listen to what the verse said. He said he's turning crackheads into preachers, hookers into choir singers, hell raisers to believers right before our eyes. He's turning whiskey into diapers and cocaine to washers and dryers. We can't touch his hand, we can't see his face, but he's still doing miracles today. (laughs) Do you believe it? Whoa, hallelujah. Oh, if I had me a bluegrass band, I'd sing it to you right now. I'm gonna tell you again, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done, and I'm confused about how some people can just sit here like, oh God, he's gonna preach. I'm preaching about Jesus, hallelujah. Everybody in the house, clap your hands and shout unto Jesus with a voice. Many of us, this is not one, but many of us have what they call a red letter edition of the Bible, right? Anybody got one? You got a red letter edition? What does that mean? That means the words of Jesus are all written in red. They're printed in red. Well, most everything is in the Gospels. There's one place in Acts and a place in Corinthians where they quoted Jesus It's written in red. However, are you ready for this? If everything in your Bible about Jesus was written in red, there would be no black print in this Bible. It would all be red. Amen? Two times in the Bible, Psalm 40 and 7 and Hebrews 10 and 7, speaking of Jesus, it said in the volume of the book, it was written about me. So you find Jesus in every book, in every verse. You don't believe that, do you? This is a book about Jesus. Amen. 
Before Jesus came, everything written was pointing toward Jesus. While he walked the earth, everything written was about right now, Jesus. And then after Jesus ascended, everything else about written in this Bible was about a coming back Jesus. That's coming back. This is a Bible that's written about Jesus. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Somebody help me right now. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. I think we ought to lift up Jesus. We ought to sing about Jesus. We ought to talk about Jesus. We're gonna baptize in the name of Jesus. We're gonna do everything we do in word or deed in the name of Jesus because this book is about Jesus. If you went over here in Revelation and if you found the scripture in Revelation 1 or go to 18, where it says Jesus is coming back, King of kings and Lord of lords. If you pull that thread, it would pucker over here in Genesis, right in the beginning of the Bible. Because, I mean, right off the bat, God said, the seed of the woman is gonna crush your head, devil. You may bruise his heel, you'll crucify him, but don't get too excited, because that tomb he's got's borrowed. And he borrowed it for a reason. Because he didn't need it but three days. He's coming up out of the grave. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's a pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the living water that flows out of a rock in the wilderness. It's all in here. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. Oh, I don't have time to read all of this. I don't have time to read all of this. In Nehemiah, he's the restorer of the nation. In Esther, he's our Mordecai. In Job, he's our ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he is our shepherd that leads and guides us. In Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes, Jesus is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's our lover and our bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the wonderful counselor mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentation, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the four-faced man, God's chariot. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in a fiery furnace. In Hosea, he's a faithful husband. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost in fire. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save us. I'm preaching to you now. In Jonah, he's our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist. In Haggai, he's the desire. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? 
in Malachi, he's the son, S-U-N of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, he is Emmanuel, God with us. In Mark, he's the miracle worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he is the Holy Ghost. Whoa! Oh, yeah. Go ahead and pull that thread in Genesis. It's going to pucker in every book. I've come to lift up Jesus this morning. Well, I might as well finish. In Romans, he's our justifier. In Corinthians, he's our sanctifier. In Galatians, he's our redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he's the God who supplies all our needs. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Thessalonians, he's the soon coming king. In Timothy, he's a mediator between God and man. In Titus, he is our faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a, than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the great physician. In Peter, he's the chief shepherd. In John, he is love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. And in Revelation, he is king of kings and Lord. of lords, simply Jesus. When you say Jesus, you've said it all. I want you to meet Jesus where the sick can get well, never get a bill. Where the poor man has a chance to be blessed where the bad life can be transformed into a new good life, where the old creature come, becomes a new creature. He can make an ignorant man a wise man. He can make a dead man a living man. He can be summed up in these words, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Romans 14 8 said, whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore die, we are the Lord's. Amen. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly, Peter said in Acts 2 and 36, that God hath made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. John said all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and them that dwell therein. There's nobody like Jesus. Woo. Y'all better get up here quick. The Orthodox Jews would write the name of God and throw away the pen because it was a holy name. They would not even write the name of God and spell the whole name. They put a dash between the G and the D. They spoke the name of God. They would step to the side because they believed the ground they were standing on was holy ground. Paul said this of Jesus, wherefore God hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul said in him we live and move and have our very being. I typed in the words in my little concordance on my computer. I typed in these words, the Lord is my. The Lord is my. Try it. Just go home, get your little concordance, get your little U version, get your little deal, and just type in the Lord, the Lord is my. Four words. And watch all the verses that come up. I'm out of time. I don't have time to go into all of them today. But I, I, I will tell you this. Something's moving. Something's shaking. The name of Jesus has a lot of synonyms. Did you know that? They wouldn't speak the name of God, but the apostles took the name of Jesus and filled it, filled all Jerusalem with that doctrine. And they said, don't preach or talk in that name anymore. Jesus said, you take my name and you go use my name. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. I don't have time to tell you all the synonyms for that name Jesus, but one is healer. Somebody shout healer. One is Savior. Somebody shout Savior. One is Redeemer. Shout Redeemer. Somebody say Deliverer. Somebody say Chain Breaker. Somebody say a friend that sticks closer than a brother. (laughs) All synonyms for that one name, Jesus. All right, I'm about done. That great faith healer, Samuel Wigglesworth, who saw more miracles than you can fathom, walked into a funeral home, took a dead person out of the casket and threw it against the wall and said, live in Jesus' name. And a man came to life. You don't believe that stuff because we think that all ceased. No, it didn't cease. His life is very well documented, but Samuel Wigglesworth said, the most precious gift I have is the gift of reading. I saved it for reading the Bible. When I read the newspaper, I come out feeling dirtier than when I went in. When I read the Bible, I come out feeling cleaner than when I went in. Smith Wigglesworth, every day of his life, he said, for 10 minutes, I get out of my bed and I start dancing and rejoicing to the Lord. He said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him how he feels. Falling in love with Jesus. God help us, Brother JP. Every time you walk in here, I think about what the Lord did for you. God have mercy. Brother Allen, when you walk in here, I think about teaching you that Bible study and trying to keep you awake. Yeah, I know you well, Brother Allen. Amen. Praise God. And I think about what God did for you. I'm trying to get a testimony here this morning. I'm trying to get somebody say amen to what Jesus means to them. Praise God. Brother Allen's a licensed mentor. JP's headed to get his license in South Dakota. Get all that books read and all that business done. Hallelujah. He sent me a text one morning. It's a picture of some shoes. And he said, these are my preacher's shoes. And I think about what the Lord did for you. He's still doing miracles today. There's some hope in the house because 
Jesus is here and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Clap your hands, stand to your feet. Clap your hands and shout unto God. With a voice of triumph. You say, why are you preaching about Jesus? Because he said, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout that name again. The songwriter said it many years ago. He's as close as the mention of his name. Sometime when I pray, my prayer sounds like this. Help! Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Yeah, he can supply all you need. He can take the dead and turn it into life. He can calm the storms. Woo! In your life. And he can rebuke the enemy today. I want you to look at your neighbor and just right quick. We're going to have a little exercise this morning. Tell them what the Lord has done for you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What did he deliver you from? God delivered you from alcohol? Tell them. You're just standing there looking at me. Nobody's got a praise. Nobody's got a testimony. Turn around to somebody. Tell them. Say, well, he didn't deliver me from anything. Did he keep you from anything? Did he keep you from something? Was he with you in the middle of the night? Did he walk to a coffin with you when your heart was breaking and the God of all comfort comforted your soul, huh? Has he done anything for you? The psalmist said in Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Father, somewhere in this congregation, somebody had given up hope, but there's hope today. Somebody walked in here with the spirit of heaven. I want you to be Jesus today, that's all. We don't need anything else, simply Jesus, that's enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got a song in your heart, Throw your hands up in the air right now. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Woo, hallelujah. I feel like Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not gonna ask Jerry Dean how he feels. I'm gonna tell Jerry Dean how he feels. I've been washed. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been sanctified. Hallelujah. Simply Jesus. Oh, simply Jesus. Look around you and see if there's somebody 
that may need prayer this morning. This is altar service. This is a time to reach out and touch God. Somebody needs help. As many as would come to the front before we go home. Could you come for five minutes, ten minutes, whatever? The name of Jesus. Yeah, somebody come down with Brother Keith. Walking through the valley. He can do it, Brother Keith. Somebody lift up the Gillespie's this morning. Woke up with a sick baby. What a beautiful name it is. Don't forget it. Simply Jesus. Speak the word of faith. Speak a word of promise. Speak a prophetic word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Powerful name. 